why we picked workplace violence was because we felt, the trauma nurses felt like it was happening a lot in our unit. Recently, we just had a nurse that just got hit in the face from a patient. So then we were like, no, we need to find out what's happening. Welcome to the allnurses.com podcast. Why are we feeling it? Almost like we felt isolated, like it was just us. We're the only ones. And when we did our research, it was like, it was mind blowing. <laughs> what? What we learned. Well, what we learned was that it was that <laughs> workplace violence happens in every unit. It happens in every unit. Every nurse experiences everywhere. So from cardiac, from peds, from OB, from the e well, we didn't we didn't we didn't add them, but it does happen everywhere. And there wasn't enough research out there for us. Like the ER and P and site, yep. we knew them. Like that was good. Everyone's looking into that. But when we look up our like inpatients, there wasn't that much research. So that's why we focused on on what we did is that you know there's a culture of not reporting because you know we're afraid of getting in trouble or oh we didn't really get physically hurt so it's not really you know count. I think a lot of nurses perceive it as a normal part of their job. I know in my world when I deal with a lot of elderly patients that may have dementia or um, they're sundowning, you know, they, they can't help some of the behaviors they exhibit. I know in the trauma areas, you have the traumatic brain injury patients. A lot of nurses take it as, oh, well, they didn't mean the behaviors they were exhibiting. So there's a large amount of violence that we take every day that whether it's right or wrong, we just perceive it as a normal part of our job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like daily they're constantly doing de-escalation of all these behaviors and probably at least half the time they're able to get those behaviors in order. But it's those times that when they were working on getting those behaviors in order that that's when the violence occurs. As nurses, sometimes we defend their behaviors because of something that was going on in their life or something that was happening in their hospital stay. And even though it's not okay, I think just it's in our nature just to try to put them first before ourselves. It's kind of getting us in situations sometimes where they can be violent with us and we you know, are accepting of it. And I think to Morgan's point, an interesting thing we found in our research was that individuals were more likely to report those physical assaults or the physical abuse, mm -hmm. less likely to report the verbal. So then we started wondering, and there needs to be future research, but were we tolerating that verbal? And then it just continued to build and build and build until they became physically violent. So we have to start talking about yep. it more and reporting when yep. it happens. So when it's something as simple as the patient calls you a name or it's derogatory towards you, you need to do something about it in that moment. You can't just let it sit because maybe you handle it well, but maybe the next nurse doesn't have those de-escalation skills. So in that moment, we need to report it and we need to not even tolerate that verbal abuse. Now we have a poster telling these patients that we're not accepting violence and that you will be sorted out. Like we're not taking it anymore. And that includes talking to us, like downing us or anything. And I found our institution has been escalating things. So like we have law enforcement that rounds on hospital property. So mm -hmm. if something were to happen, we can file a report on that patient, that family member. Yeah. yeah. And I think in addition to what Taisha was saying, that as far as our organization as a whole, they have been very in tune with what's going on. The problem that I feel like we found was that because we do HCAPs at Lakeland, 
that staff have been trying to appease the patient right. and try to to talk them through whatever's going on and so they end up taking a lot more from those patients rather than stopping it like we probably would have years before. So they were less likely to report those type of things because of the age caps, but now they're finding that the organization does support them, that the organization is there for them. Um, I think that poster is a big telltale thing for the staff that the organization is there to support them. Many states now have laws making it a felony to inflict violence on healthcare workers. I was under the impression that that's only for emergency nurses, not Floor nurses. It's not inpatient in the state of Florida. It's not inpatient in the state of Florida, correct, right? Yeah. So it's not even... So it's clinics and emergency departments. Which I feel that shouldn't be. Like, I feel like I'm the same nurse as the one that's working in the ER. So if a patient hits me, he should get the same, or she should get the same penalty as somebody in the ER. So for me, that doesn't work. Like, we can't press charges on somebody that does that. If the patients would know that they're going to be held responsible and they can't go to jail, Maybe that would deter them from doing it. And we had a patient that they were speaking about that has he had capacity, and he he punched one of yeah. this just happened a few weeks ago, and it was the yeah. first physical violence, and it's the worst I experienced mm -hmm. in the twenty years I've been a nurse with this patient. But he got to walk, he walked out, you know, yeah. he's escorted out with the police. How did that make you guys feel when they get to walk out? I mean, does I mean, it make you feel like two you're... things? We're relieved because. Okay. <laughs> but then it's anger because it's like, why he's not leaving in handcuffs? Like when a patient is being aggressive towards us, uh, it's not, it's almost like, it's scary. It's a scary moment. Like you don't know, and it happens so quick because you don't know if you say, if you say left and he goes right, that's it. It's like now you're in a whole different predicament. And I think that's what scares us because we don't want to be in that situation. So I kind of feel like we, we turn into almost like having to please them and like in and, and trauma world is like, give them everything we can give them so that they don't get angry. And I feel like that's where I don't, I don't, I don't like that part. I feel like we should try to take care of the patient. And yes. another thing I think that's scary for us is that you have to think about, you know, when somebody's getting violent, then you have to start thinking about, okay, my stethoscope's around my neck. Right. They can grab my stethoscope. Right. There's scissors on the table. They can grab those scissors. You have to start thinking about all those outside things and those tools that we use in the room that they can use against us. The situation can turn scary very quickly. Yeah. And you just have to be like on your toes and just thinking about all of those different things that can happen to you at any you know, moment. And those same patients can have family members or friends that have the same behaviors as them. So if they're there as well, you will mm -hmm. have the patient and their family Again, getting verbal Again. with you. So that becomes intimidating too. Right. Have you ever taken, uh, are there classes? My old job did like a, was it the CPI class? That yeah. tell you how to... <laughs> You know, turn the situation around if you're in danger, you know, when you approach your room, be closer to the door versus, you know, near the window and they can block you in. I think one of the nice yeah. things we have at our hospital is a de-escalation policy. Mm -hmm. So if a patient starts to act a certain way, you implement this policy and it guides you through how to manage them. And if it gets to the point that it's unsafe, then we can remove health care from them. Mm -hmm. But, but they like have to a be tool, a sound mind. But right? like a tool where hands-on, like that's the only thing I feel. Because what can we do as nurses to protect ourselves? Because that's where I don't, I, don't, I, really, I don't know. What can I do to protect myself without crossing my line where I don't lose my license because I'm trying to protect myself? So where is that line? And I think that's where that gray line is, is because we don't know. So if somebody's coming at me, I have the right to protect myself. 
but am I doing too much? Is it is it weight? Like, should I, should, am I supposed to pin him down? Am I supposed to let him come back? Like, what do I do to protect myself so I don't get hurt? And so each and that's the each is situation is so individualized as well. And the good thing is there's always leaders there at the hospital mm-hmm. help direct you in some of those. So I know you guys feel comfortable coming to me yeah. and tell me when those things are getting out of hand. I feel like we handle them pretty yeah. well. And we also have a good relationship with our law enforcement and our security department. They know on our particular floor with trauma, if we call a particular security code that we need help immediately, they get there quick. We are really good at de-escalating. So they know that when we call them, we need them immediately. Yes. <laughs> you hear story, and you're hearing these stories more and more. There was a nurse recently who died from her injuries caused by a patient, and it's just, it makes you so sad because it's like, you know, she's out there and she was trying to help someone, and, you know, you know every nurse's intent is to help another patient, and you don't think about your life being at risk or, you know, your help or anything like that. So it's, it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> Frustrated is the biggest word. It's irritating, um, but I know on a personal level, if I want to seek retribution with uh, the local police department, I can do that. I just know as nurses and as a whole, we typically try to keep it within our walls, and maybe that's where the problem, Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes a problem. I actually got to go on a NIWI scholarship with the American Association of Critical Care Nurses, so the Nurse in Washington internship. And I think the greatest thing with that is that you're with a bunch of other nurses who have typically similar ideas, thoughts as you, and they arm you with how to go and talk to your legislator and how to get your point across without, you know, being negative or anything of that nature and let them really hear your story. And you get to speak to your legislators. They make sure that that happens. So you just feel very well equipped to go and talk to the legislator, try and make the changes. And then I think it has to start at the local level and then you start to build upon it. So you do it with your city commissioners, and then you do it with the county commissioners, and then you make it to the state level and the national level. Lauren's always been such a great advocate, as have our hospital leaders. Um, We've had the opportunity to go to the Florida Hospital Association Capital Days in Tallahassee. Morgan and I both have had the opportunity to go on separate years. We're in Lauren, too, where, again, you have the opportunity to talk directly with your legislators. The fact that our leadership values that and that we're able to go back and communicate that to our team is the only way we're going to help make those changes. Well, I think to that point, nurses are such a big group, and if we can come at it as one voice, Mm -hmm. that's going to be way more impactful than if it's just one person writing a letter. Absolutely.